Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an accounting matters podcast. I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Just like the weather across most of the country, definitely here uh, in Dallas, we've got some hot topics to discuss this week. We'll be discussing the recent money market fund reforms from the SEC, the commission's proposed amendments to broker-dealers, and a recent implementation guide that the GASB has issued on leases and subscription-based information technology arrangements. And before we jump into all those hot topics, oh, yeah? Adam, I did want to recognize that an eight-year record was recently broken. Jimmy Chili Migras became the youngest person to pass a CPA exam at the ripe old age of 15. I know that when I was 15, the only test I cared about was passing the driver's test. So Adam, where do we go next? Well, first, congrats to Jimmy. Yes. So let's get into some of the recent reforms for money market funds that came out this week. So money market funds are managed to provide stability and liquidity, as we all know. They do that by investing in high quality short term debt securities like U.S. Treasury bills and commercial papers. These types of funds are popular cash management vehicles and also an important source of short term financing. So what changes are coming to these vehicles? Well, first, there is an increase in the minimum daily and weekly liquidity requirements. Money market funds will now be required to have at least 25% of the fund's total assets in daily liquid assets and at least 50% of total assets in weekly liquid assets. This requirement is meant to provide a greater buffer to manage redemptions in a stressed market conditions, which we are all familiar with these days. Next, the amendments will remove temporary redemption gates and the tie between weekly liquid asset threshold and liquidity fees. The funds will no longer have the ability to suspend redemptions via temporary gates. Also, the funds will no longer be able to charge liquidity fees if their weekly liquid assets fall below certain thresholds. Again, the hope here is that during periods of market stress, these changes will reduce the risk of runs on the funds themselves. Yeah. And speaking of fees, another amendment as part of this reform is to try to more fairly allocate costs when liquidity in the short term funding markets is costly. Institutional prime and institutional tax exempt money market funds will be required to impose mandatory liquidity fees when daily net redemptions exceed 5% of net assets. It's not required, however, if the liquidity costs of the fund are deemed de minimis. Non-government money market funds can have discretionary liquidity fees if the board determines those fees are in the best interest of the fund. Other amendments in this reform include how to handle negative interest rate environments. Retail and government money market funds can handle such a situation by converting from a stable price to a floating share price or by reducing the shares outstanding to maintain that stable NAV per share. Certain reporting forms have also been modified to improve transparency and help the SEC monitor money market funds. There are also changes to Form PF, the form for registered investment advisors to private funds, to require additional information regarding the liquidity of the funds they advise that aligns it with the amendments for money market fund reporting. The reporting form amendments are effective June 11th, 2024, and the SEC is adopting a tiered approach to the transition periods for the other final amendments. There's a six-month transition period for money market funds to comply with the minimum liquidity requirements, 
and discretionary liquidity fee provision, and funds will have 12 months after the effective date to comply with the liquidity fee provision. Clear as mud. Yep. (laughs) So continuing on with the SEC's amendments, last week they also proposed changes to the broker-dealer customer protection rule, Rule 15C 3-3, which would require certain broker-dealers to increase the frequency of the calculation of net cash they owe to customers and other broker-dealers from weekly to daily. This net cash must be held in a reserved bank account. In a similar theme to the money market reform, SEC Chair Gary Gensler stated this proposal would help protect customers in the event that a broker-dealer fails. By reducing the time between computations, this proposal is meant to assist broker-dealers in matching the net amount of cash owed to customers with the amount on deposit in the reserve bank accounts. The proposed rule for daily computation is meant to better align with the speed, volume, and scale of markets today. Comments on this proposal are open for 60 days following publication of the proposing release on the SEC website or 30 days after the proposal's date of publication in the Federal Register, whichever is later. Pivoting to the GASB front, they recently issued Implementation Guide 2023-1 that includes clarification and amendments for leases, GASB 87, SPITAs, or subscription-based IT arrangements in GASB 96, and other accounting changes and error corrections. It really is useful to read through and look at the clarification and explanation on these GASB statements. For example, there are questions regarding short-term leases. And for all of us that don't remember, I under, don't. <laughs> under paragraph 16 of GASB 87, the maximum possible term at the commencement of the lease includes all options to extend, regardless of their probability, which is different than ASCA 42. On SPITAs, a li- there's clarification over licensing arrangements for vendors software that automatically renews until canceled. And it calls out that that is not considered a perpetual license. A perpetual license is a purchase in which a government is granted a permanent right to use the vendor's software. The updates in this implementation guide regarding leases, SPITAs, and other accounting errors and corrections are effective for fiscal years beginning after June 15, 2023. And any changes due to Implementation Guide 2023-01 should be reported as a change in accounting principle in accordance with GASB Statement 100. Uh, Good information there for those that report under governmental standards. So thanks, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. And that really rounds us out for this week, Light Week in general. But for a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcasts on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.